welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I want to share something that is close to my heart. And uh, this thought was dropped into my heart as I was watching television. Uh, I'm not like many of the good Christians out there that don't watch television. I actually have a television in my home and uh, I actually watch it from time to time. And I was watching a show called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Any of you ever seen Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And uh, in that particular show... The opportunity comes to phone a friend and to use a lifeline. And I thought, isn't that interesting? This particular person was in the hot seat and they were going along just nicely, answering all the easy questions. But when it came to a difficult question, they had to call on a friend. And I thought about it for a moment as to the process that would have gone on prior to this person going on the show. When lots of money is at stake, I imagine that the person that this particular contestant wanted to ring would have had to have been of some value. In other words, it wouldn't have just been anybody that she felt to ring. It would have been a specific kind of friend who had a specific kind of knowledge that was able to help her at a specific area of her life. And I couldn't help but think how that mirrors how we ought to do life. I mean, when things are going easy, yeah, we don't need help. We can just go along our merry way and and, and do things by ourselves in the easy times. But it's when life gets a little bit more difficult, who are you going to phone? In other words, who do you have in your life? I want to speak to you tonight about friendships, but not just any old friendships. I want to speak to you tonight about real friends. Because this is what I've noticed. The word friends has been so watered down. And I wonder how many people actually have real friends and not just virtual reality friends. Many of you in this room are either on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Vine or all these other social medias that are out there. And uh, there's more. I'm sure I've left some out. But uh, behind all of those social medias, there, there's you know, opportunities to befriend a whole heap of people. And I have about 2,000 Facebook friends. I have about 1,000 Twitter friends. I have about 500 Instagram friends. And and on a lonely day, I just look at all my friends and I feel so much better about myself. (laughs) So I've got so many friends. But that's just me living in a virtual real world. I'm not talking about virtual real friends, virtual reality. I'm talking about real friends. People that you really have in your life. And that's what I want to speak about tonight. 
Because the term friend has been so widely used, it's kind of lost its meaning. We refer to our hairdresser as a friend or the local butcher as a friend or maybe our neighbour as a friend. The fact that we never really see them is irrelevant, but we just call them our friends. And I want to delve in just a little bit deeper tonight because real friends are those that you can't do life without. They're kind of like what vital organs are to the body. Our body is full of organs. They're not all vital. Some organs you can do without, but there are vital organs in our body. And we need to understand that there are some friendships that we have in our world, but then there are some vital friendships or some real friendships that we need to have because they are the difference between life and death in our world. So we must choose who we do life with or life will choose who we do it with. You will either have the people in your world by design or by default. It's interesting to me that the Bible says that Jesus was a friend to sinners. I think that's quite interesting, that he became a friend to sinners. was not a religious organisation, but he became a friend with people that were down and out, people that were up and out. He became friends with the average person. And you and I must do the same. The key to turning life around is not necessarily in always prayer or speaking in tongues or reading your Bible, but it's reaching out in friendship to people. All the testimonies that we get to show on the screen up here usually revolve around friendships. And it was those friendships that were instrumental in bringing them to this place. If I was to ask you how you came to church, for most of us, probably 90% of all people here tonight, it would be because of somebody that you knew, a friend that introduced you to this place. Friends are vitally important. And so I want to look very quickly at some facts about friendships. So friendship facts, if you will. The first one is simply this, that in our teenage years, one third of our time was spent with friends. And for the rest of our life, we spend less than 10% of our time with friends. The reason comes down to one word. We just get busy. In other words, we end up getting a job, we end up getting married, we end up getting a home, we end up getting a couple of cars, we end up getting a couple of pets, we end up doing all these things. And the very thing God created us for, which is relationship, we fail to do. Without all the busyness and without the mortgage and without all those pressures in life as teenagers, hey, we had time for each other. And even now our kids are just social animals. Finished church this morning. Hey, Mitchie's gone. Who's he gone with? His friends. Geordie, she's gone. Who did she go with? Her friends. We looked at BJ. Hey, BJ, you want to come home with us? She said, sure. Can I bring a friend? I said, can I be your friend? She said, sure, Dad, but I always see you. I want to bring my friend. And so they're off with their friends. And it's something that in the busyness of life, we put to one side. 
And so the first fact is that in our teenage years, one third of our time was spent with friends. Can I just say, don't let your friendships become a hobby. Second statistic or fact is, those who have a best friend, get this, with a healthy diet are 10 times as likely to have a healthy diet as well. The reason is the one with a good diet is more evangelistic about it. And so it's real easy to tell a friend about what you're doing and the food that you're eating. And the same when it comes to exercise. In 2001, there was a study at the Duke University in Washington. And it was a study on the protective effect of friendships on heart disease disease patients. And it found that people with less than four friends were more than twice as likely to die of heart disease. And those with up to four friends help people live longer lives. But the interesting fact is that those with more than four friends didn't actually live any longer than those with four friends. Proving that it's quality of friendship, not quantity of friendship. So if you only have four real friends on Facebook, you can live a long, prosperous life with four friends. You don't need 2,000 friends to have a long, prosperous life. Third fact, those who marry their best friend have healthier and longer lasting marriages. Wow. Divorce and separation are not due to a lack of love, but a lack of friendship in those marriages. People don't fall out of love, they just stop being friends. If you're married, my advice to you is this. Stay friends. Just be friends. I made a vow to my wife that we would never come off our honeymoon and that she'd always be my best friend. I married my best friend and I want to stay married to my best friend. And that philosophy has served us well. Some more research showed that unresolved conflict Delayed the healing process of a physical wound. Wounds, get this, wounds on hostile couples couples healed at only 60% of the rate of those that were friendly. Maybe some of your sickness is because of the lack of friendliness that's in your relationships. A happy marriage can nearly double the recovery, the recovery time of an illness. Blood samples showed hostile couples had 1.5 times the amount of a particular protein in the blood called interleukin-6, causing disease, arthritis and diabetes. Wow. This is the effect that a lack of real friends can have on our physical well-being. Can I just say that prayer and fasting will not make a difference whatsoever when there's a chemical imbalance. It may be physical in appearance, but not in the cause. 
The trouble is with a lot of Christians, they make every problem a spiritual problem. And so they come with their marriage or their sickness and say, can you pray for me? I want to tell you, for some of you, no amount of prayer or no amount of deliverance for you is going to help you in some of these areas. Some of the physical ailments that we are suffering are directly related to the relationships that we are keeping. Maybe some of our healing is found on the other side of an apology. Maybe some of our healing is found on the other side of befriending our spouse again. Maybe some of the depression that we are experiencing and some of the pills that we are popping as a result have more to do with you getting on the same page with your husband or your wife as to the pills we are taking. This is the kind of effect that a lack of friendliness is having physically on people's bodies. This is not my research. Smarter men and women have put this together. The good news is if we can identify the cause, we can deal with the effect. Fourth fact, those at work who had two close friends were 96% more likely to be satisfied with their life and their job. Maybe the answer to job satisfaction is you getting some friends. It goes on to say that those who were friends with their manager were three times more likely to enjoy their job. It's interesting. We're talking about being real friends tonight. In his book, Vital Friends, Tom Rafe highlights eight vital roles of friends, and I want to look at them tonight. These are some of the characteristics that you need in a real friend. A real friend. The first one is that of a builder. When it comes to real friends, you need someone in your life that can help you build your life. A mentor, a coach, a pastor, a leader. Someone who can motivate you. Someone who can push you. Someone who can help you. Someone who can inspire you. Who's that in your life? This is one thing I love doing for people and it's one thing I love having in my life. I love people in my life that can help me go to another level, that can help me to think bigger and better. I was saying just to our leadership team tonight that the problem with most people is that we've made feelings king of our life. And if we don't feel like doing something, we don't do it. The trouble is, all feelings come from somewhere. And the realm of where our feelings come from is our thinking. Our feelings come from our thoughts. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And because we are thinking wrong, or sorry, because we are thinking a certain way, we start feeling a certain way. And sometimes if we want to feel better, we've got to start thinking better. And you need a coach, you need a mentor, you need someone in your life that can help you get rid of your stinking thinking. And that friend is a builder friend. You need a builder in your life because stinking thinking will produce stinking lives. 
And I love coming side along people and trying to help them to think bigger and better. In actual fact, I believe that that is my role in life. It's not to answer questions, but it's actually to help people think bigger and to think better. And so many times I will answer people's questions with a question. I say, why did you ask that question? And I'm trying to get them to think bigger and I'm trying to get them to think better. You need someone in your life like that. Here's the reason we don't have many people like that, because they're really annoying. I'm an, I am a real annoying guy. And I've hung around real annoying guys because we need them in our lives. Otherwise, we're going to stay where we are. We're going to stay in the smallness of our thinking. We need big people in our world. People who can help us build big lives. Do you have a builder in your life? Secondly, you need a champion. Someone who stands up for you. Someone who brags about you. Someone who promotes you like an agent. Your promotion is their joy. Do you have someone like that in your life? They're always just bragging on you. I got a lot of friends in my life that just brag on me. A particular couple come to mind. They actually, you know, are not in this church. They actually live in Melbourne. Joe and Trish Gagliardi. Joe's coming to preach in the church in just a little while, and Trish is coming to do our women's conference. But they just brag on Kath and I, and they brag on our family. We had the privilege of going to Melbourne a few weeks back, and, and we were able to stay in their home. And oh, the kind words that they just spoke into our lives. You know, our kids, particularly Mitch, he doesn't need much encouragement, but man, he just got a whole heap of encouragement and, and he just floated out of that place and said, Mitch, you're just amazing. Mitch, he was doing this magic trick in front of Trish and, and, she, and he was saying, hey, Trish. And he was going, wabacadabra, alakazam. And she didn't tell him off because, you know, Christian boys should not be doing magic because magic's of the devil. She didn't do that. She just said, Mitchie, you're amazing. You're so talented. Oh, God's going to use you. You're so amazing. Have you got someone in your life like that who could just brag on you and speak kind words over you and is always telling you that you're amazing? Maybe some of you don't have someone like that in your life. And maybe it's because you don't know how to receive someone like that in your life. One of the hardest things I have to do in people's lives is encourage them. It's really hard, I find, to encourage some people. You say, man, that was amazing. Oh, no. <laughs> Seriously, that was awesome. Oh, no. You say, some people, man, the way you sang today, it was so good. You're an amazing. Oh, no, it wasn't me. It was God. I said, really? It looked like you. <laughs> and it sounded like you. I think it must have been you. Oh, no, no. People get all awkward. But we need people in our lives that are champions. I'm talking about best friends. I'm not talking about Facebook friends now. I'm talking about best friends. I'm talking about people that can build you, people that can champion your cause. Thirdly, a collaborator. Someone who has similar interests as you. You might be into sport. You might be into music, you might be into books, cars, movies, physical fitness, whatever it is. I think one of the reasons 
that Christians are so ineffective in reaching people is because by and large, we're boring people. We don't have enough interests. When asked, why haven't you led someone to Christ in so many years? Oh, I don't have any Christian friends. I only have Christian friends. I don't have any non-Christian friends. I'm like, get alive. Get some interests. Get around where some non-Christians are and, 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 and have a hobby. Get some interests. Stop being so boring. You, you need a collaborator. I, I love getting together with people of similar interests. And even in this church, there's a big enough gym culture where we can get together. And it's not all talk about God and, oh, wasn't that song good? I'm telling you, after this service, some of you will be talking about the amazing worship and the singing and wasn't Elise great. But there are some of us gym junkies, we're just going to be saying, hey, hey, mate, what's the latest exercise you did on your arms? That's all we want to know. And it's not all bad. So what protein are you drinking now? How much do you bench press? Oh, really? That's nothing. <laughs> Do you have these people in your world? We've just got boring. Some of you used to be the party animals. You used to be the life of the party as a non-Christian. Then you got saved. <laughs> and then you run into your old friends and they say, Oh my gosh, you were more fun as a non-Christian. Come on, I'm being honest. We can still have fun as Christians. We're not dead. Hey, hey, there's some things to stay well away from, you know, absolutely. But we're not dead people. Number four, a companion. Someone who is always there for you. The first person you call when you're in trouble. Do you have someone like that? Someone that no matter what you're going through, you can phone and they'll be there for you. I've had many people like that in my life. And it's such a joy to know that when the chips are down, and you're up against it, you've got someone who's got your back. I remember as a young kid growing up, you know, that dad was not only my dad, but he was also this particular guy in my life. And he was one guy that could always help me and hold me in dark times, in troubled times. He, he never pandered to my insecurities, but he just held me and stopped me falling over. And I can't repeat to you tonight what he always said, because this is a Christian show tonight. <laughs> but he'd often get a hold of me and, <laughs> and hold my little arms and say, gee, your arms got bigger, your arms got bigger. They hadn't. But he used to encourage me and say, Tony, remember this. Don't let the beep grind you down. I'm not going to tell you what the beep was, but it put steel in me. It put a confidence in me. 
I knew he was one person I could go to. He never pandered, but he was one who could go, I could go to and just hold my course and hold my line. Do you have a companion in your life? Number five, a connector. Someone who is always introducing you to new people. They're outgoing. They connect you to new people all the time. Again, I've already mentioned Trish and Joe, but they are not only um, encouragers of us, they are only, not only champions of our cause, but they are incredible connectors. And, and they want everyone in their world, and they've got a lot of big church people in their world, they want everyone in their world to be in my world. And so they're forever saying, hey, you need to meet Tony Rainbow. There's a church in Adelaide. You've got to. And as a result, my world has got bigger because I've got some friends in my life who are forever trying to connect me with other people. And I thank God for the connectors in my life. Do you have a connector in your life? Someone who can connect you to somebody else. You know, I, I love doing that for people. I love hearing a story, thinking, oh, you know what? You, you would get on so well. And often you'll see me in the cafe. I'm, I'm working the room. I say, oh, man, you just uh, stay right there. I'll never forget. I was speaking to someone who came for the church for the first time. She was 39 years of age. I don't know why I found that out, but I have an incredible way of finding out things. I'm just weird like that. I kind of break all the rules. You shouldn't ask a woman how old she is, but somehow I did. And for some stranger reason, she actually told me. She I said, 39, that's amazing. So you're almost 40 then. She goes, oh, don't remind me. I said, I know a few people right now who are just like you are. You are in denial about turning 40. Stay right there. This is what I did. And I got all the 39-year-olds I could think of, 39-year-old ladies. I just grabbed them and said, oh, you've got, to, you've got to meet this lady. Why? Because you're all 39. You're all in denial. You can help each other. Fiona Hodgson. Leanne McCormack. There's a, there are a whole number of them. There's more. There's more. They're out there. When I'm not 40, yes, you are. I'm not 40. You're in denial. That's what you are. And you need to get together. You'll have fun. You can laugh and joke about your denial. It'll be awesome. I love doing that. I hear uh, someone, you know, the kid's not quite plugged in, but he plays soccer. Soccer, really? Are you kidding me? We've got stacks of kids. Stay right there. Stay there. You've got you to gotta meet this guy. You've got to meet Macca. Macca's the best soccer player in the whole wide world. Got to meet him. You've got to meet him. Come on. There's so much about friendship that we're missing out on. Do you have these people in your world? Are you this for other people's world? Are you a connector? Someone who can just help people get out of their little worlds. That's what Jesus is trying to do. He's trying to expand us. Trying to Enlarge our world. Some of you Port Adelaide people, you've got to <laughs> just have your world enlarged. There's other football teams. You're in denial. You've been brainwashed. Like I said before, you feel like you want to go for Port. It's only because you were thinking wrong in the beginning. <laughs> Trying to change your thinking so that you can feel right. But seriously, when's the last time you said, oh, you've got to meet so-and-so. He's just like you. You'll love him. When's the last time someone did that for you? Maybe the people we hang around aren't real friends. They're just friends. Maybe they're not even friends. Maybe they're just people. Maybe some of you, they're not even people. They're animals. (laughs) 
what? <laughs> Number six, an energizer. Someone that you can have fun with. Someone that you can be yourself with. See, I know there's a lot of people that like me. And what you mean is you like me up here. You like the anointed Tony. But I don't know if some of you would like me in my home. I, I don't know if you'd like the, the real guy, the real Tony. I, I don't know if I'd just be too silly for you. I, I, you know, I, I think maybe, maybe I'd give up a, 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 an appearance that I'm wise and mature and all those wonderful things. Maybe not. But maybe, probably not. But this I know that there are some people we like, but we like them there, yeah. at an arm's distance. Yeah. Just don't. We, we want you just close enough, so we can hear you, but we don't want you to speak into our lives. Just, just that. But someone who energizes, someone you can have fun with, someone you can just be yourself with. Someone you can flick the telly on and, and, and watch it and, and not feel awkward about every little thing that is said and done. Nothing worse than watching a film and like, <laughs> I hate going to movies with Christians. I just do. Not that I'm advocating a lot of stuff that's out there, but there's some films just, you just want to watch and just chill. And now I feel like everyone's watching me. I feel like we've gone to watch the movies, but everyone's watching me. I'm like, you know, what's Tony thinking about that? I'm not, I'm just enjoying, I'm actually, right now, I'm not thinking, I'm just enjoying the film. Oh, what did you think about that? Do you know if you play that part of the movie backwards, it sounds like the devil. We're like, what? I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to play that film backwards. I'm just never going to do it. I'm not going to play a record backwards either. I'm just not going to do it. That's what we were told. When I was a teenager and we had records, LPs, I said, oh, it's the devil's music. If you play that backwards, it's, it's Satan worship. It's satanic worship. I'm like, really? Well, how about we just don't play it backwards then? How about we just play it the way it was meant to be played? Who plays a record backwards? Who does that? Someone you can laugh with. Someone you're not too serious all the time. If you're too serious all the time, people won't take you seriously anyway. Someone that can just help you to lift your head, not give up, to keep you going and going. Like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> How are you feeling today? Oh, really bad, but we just... <laughs> really, you don't look like, oh yeah, I feel like giving up. Do you always enjoy ministry? Nah. <laughs> Have you ever been so mad you want to kill someone? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> so I keep you going. Maybe you feel like giving up. <laughs> Maybe just assess your friendships. Friends have been saying, no, 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 you're better than that. Come on. If you've got a friend that just listens to your wind all the time, they're not the right people. They're not the right people for you. Is it seriously? You're going to wind all day? You need someone right now that when you're whinging, they can come up to you and say, would you like a bit of cheese with that wine? That's what you need. Wine, wine, wine. Whinge, whinge, whinge. Wine, wine, wine. Like a bit of cheese with that wine. What do you need? 
A mind opener, number seven. Someone who gets you to do things you'd never normally do. Trying things you wouldn't normally do. Try different foods. I'm, I'm pretty regimented in what I eat. But I love going to people who just stretch me. So what's that? I, I, how's this for a great story? I was around my friend's house and I've got to admit, I, I eat my food plain. I don't do additives. I just don't. And so one day I was eating this incredible meat. It was the best meat I'd ever tasted in my whole life. It was amazing. <laughs> I was in South Africa, a good friend of mine. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm in love with this meat. What is it? It's un- what is- what's on this meat? What did you do to get it taste so nice? I mean, oh my gosh, is that the Weber? Is this iron? I've never tasted meat so good in all my life. What is on this thing? He goes, uh, Salt. <laughs> So really? Salt. I never knew salt tastes like good. Ever since then, <laughs> I put salt on my muesli. Just <laughs> Some of you could do with a hairstyle change. Some of you have had the same. I mean, this is my photo album. This is seriously, you look at my photo when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a teenager, <laughs> just every year, just worse, it's just like different. Look at others, it's like, <laughs> same. <laughs> 10 years later, same, same, same. Why not have, be around people in your world, they just stretch you just a little, so just try it. Just try it, Toby, just. Grow your hair, do something. I mean, like, why not? Maybe colour your hair. Next week, long hair, blue. I can see it. It's like a vision. I see it. Different clothes. Some of you haven't changed your clothes for so long you're back in fashion. That's awesome. That's not even in my notes. Someone should tweet that. That's amazing. (laughs) And the last one, as the band comes, a navigator. Someone who can keep you on the right track. Who steers you toward where deep down you really want to go anyway. We say we don't because it's getting hard. We say we don't because it's getting too costly. We say we don't because it's just getting too lonely. I'm just being too misunderstood. But deep down, we want to go there. You need someone who can help you to hold your cause, a navigator. Someone that can help you through a confusing time. Every one of us goes through confusing times. And it's these confusing times that we tend to lose our way. It's in the times of transition. I mentioned, I think it was just last week, that incredible miracle 
where Moses stood before the Red Sea, cried out to God, and miracle of miracles, the Red Sea parted. The Israelites, all three million of them, went through the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptians who were following them decided we're going to follow after them. They began their journey through the Red Sea on dry ground. But when the last of the Israelites were through, the waters came crashing down over the Egyptian army and killed all of them. These people that were once in bondage and slavery had been set free. It was a miraculous day. Miriam the sister of Moses got out a tambourine and started singing, this is the day the Lord has made and sung praises to God. And everyone agreed. It was awesome. But now they found themselves not in the promised land and not in the land of bondage and slavery, but they found themselves somewhere in the middle. And it's when you're in the middle that it can get most confusing. And it's those times in the middle you cannot afford to go by your feelings. If you go by your feelings when you are in the wilderness, when you're in the desert, when you're somewhere in between where you were and where you want to be, if you go by your feelings at that time, you will die in your wilderness. And that's what happened to the biggest part of the Israelites. All those that were 40 and older died in the desert with the exception of two, Joshua and Caleb. And they refused to allow their feelings to navigate their way through that time of transition. They allowed the voice of Moses to continue to lead them. You need a navigator in your life in particular in those dark transitional periods of your life and you cannot avoid them. But if you go by your feelings, you will die prematurely. And you'll die in between where you were and where you want to be. And I want to encourage you tonight. If you find yourself in the middle of what you were and where you want to be, not to give up and not to give in, but to hold your course. And God will help you, I believe. But one of the ways God helps us is by giving us people in our world. People who are friends of our destiny. People that are friends of our destiny don't always tell us what we want to hear. They tell us what we need to hear in order to keep us on track. And so when the Israelites were going through the wilderness, Moses saying, stop your whinging. They didn't want to hear that. How many remember as kids going on a long distance? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? No. No. Are we there yet? And then you've got three kids. I was one of three and, and now, now we're not content just to say, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Now he punched me and he punched me and he pinched me. Are we there yet? And Dad said, if I have to stop this car, you don't want me to stop this car. 
just navigating us through. That's a picture of God leading His church. God in the driver's seat. Seven billion people on the planet. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? He pinched me. He threw a bomb on me. They, we only bombed them because they bombed us first. Are we there yet? And the only way we're going to go through transition is by keeping our eyes on Him. As I've been sharing tonight about real friends, maybe you're going to have to go home and reassess your friendship list. Maybe you'll find that you don't actually have 2,000 friends. Maybe you'll find you don't even have 200 of them. Maybe when it comes to real friends, you'll find that you don't have many at all. And my challenge today is this, you've got to find them. Your homework and your assignment, if you choose to accept it, is to find some real friends that have these qualities. You need friends that are friends of your destiny and your future. If you don't have them, you need to go find them. If you do have them, you need to tell them. So you know that guy that Tony was talking about, you're that guy for me. Thank you. Sorry for making your life miserable because I didn't fully understand what real friends are, but Tony's helped me. You're that person. Thank you. Some of you need to go to someone tonight and say thank you. Because truth be known, some of you have made it really hard for those people to be your real friends. You're such a pain in the neck. And so you need to let them know, uh, you're that guy and I'm sorry. And don't give up on me, I get it. We need real friends. The more that they know that they are that person, the more they will be that person for you. I believe when we have the right people in our world, we'll be bigger people and we'll be better people. And one of the things that I desire for the people of this church is that we become bigger people and better people. And you do not become bigger and better by hanging around smaller and worse people than you. And somebody doesn't have to be a bad person for them to be bad for you. We've got to make some good decisions. We need to have people that are friends of our destiny. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. It's that important. It's that important. You don't want a friend with an offence that you just take on board. And there's so many people that are so upset about things, they don't even know what they're upset about anymore. It's just that their friend was upset. And so now they're upset. I feel upset. I don't know why, but I just feel upset. It's amazing. Do you know there was a woman by the name of Herodias and she hated John the Baptist. She couldn't stand him. He was a man of God and, and, and she could not stand him. And she had a daughter. 
And this daughter of hers one day found herself before the king and she danced an incredible dance. She so pleased the king that the king says, my goodness me, I will give you, young lady, up to half my kingdom. You have impressed me so much. You can have up to half my kingdom. Now, for a young girl to be offered half a kingdom, I think to myself, wow, how many shoes is that? This young girl, how many makeovers is that? How many dresses is that? I mean, she, she could be in brand new clothes every day of her life. She wouldn't even have to wash again. She just sews them out. That's the kind of wealth that was offered. And this is what she did. She went to her mum. I said, Mom, I danced before the king. And I pleased him so much, he's offered me up to half his kingdom. What shall I ask for? And she said this, ask for John the Baptist's head on a platter. I don't think for one moment that's what she wanted. Like half the kingdom and... But she went back to the king. And here's the sad thing. Her mum, the mum's language became the daughter's language. And so she comes back to the king and the king says to her, what can I do for you, young lady? And she says, I want. It's no longer what her mum wants, it's what she wants. And I don't imagine for a moment as she's saying, I want, she actually wanted that. She'd taken on her mum's offence. And her mum's words had now become her words because she didn't have the right people in her life. And she missed out on half the kingdom for a head on a platter. Don't settle for the head on the platter when you can have half the kingdom. Some of you are so mad, so bent out of shape, and you don't even know why. Because the offence you're carrying is not even yours. It's somebody else's. And you've got this head on a plate. And you know what? You're still not satisfied. You think, What's, what good is that? And inside, there's a little girl saying, I want a makeover. I want clothes. I don't want a stupid head on a platter. What happened? What happened is you're hanging around the wrong people. Don't be a fool when it comes to choosing your friends. I can preach magnificently week after week, and apparently I do. The reason I know that is because I listen to my messages every week. We have some great preaching from this platform week after week, month after month, year after year. But all this preaching cannot compete with the friendship circles you keep. Find some best friends. Find some real friends. You deserve it. Jesus died for you so that you can make good, godly choices. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.